Do you ever feel like you're not doing it right? This whole parenting thing? Despite all the resources that are available through blog posts and podcasts and all the books that I've read, I still feel constantly like there's more that I can be doing for my children. And yet, I'll see these incredible things that they do and hear these amazing things they say, and at some point I have to remind myself that I'm responsible for that. The Raising Legacies podcast is an opportunity for parents to have conversations about what we as human beings can be doing in order to raise good human beings. We're raising our future right now and we want a future that we can be proud of, one that we can feel confident will thrive once we've moved on. This is the Raising Legacies podcast and I'm so excited to get this conversation started. Hey friends, I am so excited for this episode because lots of times when we're talking on Raising Legacies, we are talking about things we can do with our younger kiddos and this episode highlights different strategies for helping our older kiddos getting ready for college. And so for my listeners who have teenagers, high schoolers who are looking at college as their next step, this one is for you. I've got Greg and Beth Langston, founders of College Flight Plan, and it is an incredible organization that offers different resources for those parents and students who are getting ready to embark on their college journeys, and it helps them to really really dive into a successful application process for different colleges. So I cannot wait to introduce you to Greg and Beth. We had an incredible conversation and you need to hear it. Here we go. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. I would love for you to tell me about the college flight plan. Tell me what it is and how it all got started. Okay, we'll do that. Um, In a nutshell, what we do is we help students figure out what their strengths and weaknesses are and what they're passionate about and what they're naturally gifted to do so that they can choose a career or a major in college that allows them to graduate in four years and have a fulfilling life. You know, that's what our goal is. And we started this with our own children. Uh, we basically raised our kids overseas. Um, so by the time our son was 13, he had been to 12 schools in six different, five different countries. Sorry, five countries. So it was, you can add a six if you I want. I know it seemed like six. Five right? is enough. <laughs> but it was great because uh, they got to learn foreign language, uh, which is wonderful at a young age. That's when we should, should be teaching these kids foreign language when they're little and they gained a great appreciation for other cultures. Like when we lived in Singapore, the Singapore American School has 72 nationalities in K through 12. So that's amazing. It was so fun and so great to meet all these other people. And um, so they had great um, educational experiences. And as an educator, I was very involved in their schooling and sometimes we homeschooled because we were on a different school year like in Australia uh, their school year starts in January so we were halfway through our first and third grade back then um, and then in Mexico oh gosh they the first time we lived in Mexico 
our kids were the only English speakers in their whole school, except for one other Canadian boy. And so they would come home at night with their homework and we would spend two to four hours with the Spanish English dictionary in one hand and their homework in the other. And we would just plow through what they had to do and they did it, you know. We underestimate what our children can do. They can accomplish a lot more than we put on their plates. So, and then one year we had a school in our home uh, with third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade with some other expatriate children and we brought a teacher down from the States to live with us for a year. It was great. It was one of their best years of schooling ever. So, but we thought, here's what we thought. We thought, you know, by the time they're in high school, we need to get back to the States because we want to prepare them early for the college application process. And we wanted them to have, be able to have internships and go to classes or take courses where they'd learn more about themselves and their strengths and take assessments and things like that. But we were, very disappointed because nobody was doing that and greg on, as an executive on the other hand you know he was running large u.s corporations and he had been provided with hours of executive training and coaching in order to equip him with leadership skills and team building skills and team player skills and given assessments that his that would improve his uh, performance as a leader. And he kept saying, he'd come over and say, why did I have to wait 20 years to learn this? Why aren't we teaching this to high schoolers right now so they can have a, head, a 20 year head start on their lives? So uh, with his executive training and my education background, we started developing tools to try out on our own children. They were our guinea pigs and we didn't kill them. They were our guinea pigs. They survived. And then we started doing workshops with their friends in the area and it just grew from there. And we've always done workshops, but now that COVID happened, um, we took it to the online course, which is great because we can reach more young people now. So that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Tell me a little bit about what those workshops or courses might look like for a student who is ending their high school career, getting ready to start to embark on the process of applying to colleges. What does that look like for them when they are working on the college flight plan with you? Well, what they do is they go through a three-phase process. The process takes approximately 12 hours, not in one sitting, um, to go through a process. And there's a discovery process, a determination once you've done your discovery, and then you have a direct phase. And in that discovery phase, the first thing you do is you pick an accountability partner who is gonna help you go through this process. And you know, for the, your audience out there, the parents are gonna say, well, they're gonna pick their friends to be the accountability partner. Uh, you'll find it's interesting that they very rarely pick their friends. They typically pick uh, a parent or a relative or a, a mentor who will help them go through the process and make sure that they go through the process. And so what we do is we start at the beginning with their values, their core values. In Can terms I just of, add one thing? Sure. Sorry, the, no, reason, no, you're not to. the reason we pick the accountability partner is because the stats are. Yeah, I mean, if you, that's a good point. If you just say, I'm going to do something and you write down a goal, the likelihood of completion is in the single digits. If you expose your or you state to your friends and family that I'm going to lose five pounds or I'm going to run a mile, the likelihood of the probability of success is 65 percent 
But if you have an accountability partner, someone who's going to help you and stay with you, the likelihood of success is 95%. And so that's why we've incorporated that into the program. So Definitely it gets a big difference. It gets the, the young people into going through the process. Each of the videos are two and a half minutes long. Um, so, you know, for young people that have the attention span of a goldfish um, and for some of their parents, they can stick to it uh, for two and a half minutes and then go to the interactive mobile um, mobile friendly um, workbook and, and program. And so what they what we start with is their core values where we identify their foundational belief or their root system, as, I, as we call it, because in today's education, they're not learning about core beliefs or values that either comes from the family or they don't get it at all. And we believe that that's where it starts. And so we basically built the whole program off that. And so if, if I can tell your listeners to visualize a large tree, large oak tree with a cutaway and the root system that goes into the ground that's holding up the tree, those are your values or core beliefs. Then above the root system, you have the trunk of the tree, which is your purpose. And then the branches of the tree and the fruit of the tree are your goals and objectives. And so if you're not rooted strongly into the ground, when you have the storms of life that inevitably come to parents and students alike, you're not going to get pushed over because you get that strong root system that goes down into the ground. So we help the students identify what are their core values. And what's really valuable is they then learn what they're going to start, stop and continue doing to make those values really important to them so that when they're not with their parents and are not with a guardian and they're by themselves and they're making a decision that can have consequences, they're going to make decisions that follow their core values. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so that speaks to, I think, the importance of that self-discovery for a teenager, right? That they Absolutely. need to understand they are yes and starting early with that i know uh, a lot of people don't even think about college until you know the summer before senior year about what they have to do to prepare so we recommend that parents find places that promote self-discovery or go have the internships seek out companies that will let the children come and try what they think they're interested in because if they wait till senior year it is they're very busy. So a lot of uh, seniors take our class after they applied for college because they still want to know what they're going to do, but they just can't parlay it into their application essays, which is the younger people. I mean, we start freshman and sophomore year so that they can build on those strengths and their interests and eliminate some, some also. Like our son is a good example. He thought his whole life he was going to be a in the medical field somewhere. And then as he got older, he's like, oh, okay, I think I wanna be a surgeon. And he had the opportunity to go into work for a couple of weeks with a neurosurgeon and a cardiovascular surgeon. And by the end of his time there, he came out and he said, that is not at all what I wanna do. It's not what I thought it was. And he went into the financial world, go figure. <laughs> he said it was like plumbing on a human yeah. and he didn't want to be a plumber on a human. Yeah. Um, but the fact is he found that out early. So he saved himself a decade yes. of uh, decade of time and, and expense. So then subsequent to that, what the student does is they then pick up to eight trusted advisors who are family members, coaches, mentors who will give them. They get a confidential survey where they are asked questions relative to the student's strengths, their weaknesses how they add value to other people. 
and what they believe as interested parties would be the best majors or professions for the student to follow. And so the student gets back over 200 data points of information saying, you know what, I'm really good at this. I suck at this, um, but, and, and everybody unanimously says, I'm not very good at this, so I should probably, you know, try and either improve or stay away from that. This is how I add value to others. And so they take that information coupled with some additional assessments that we do that help determine how they instinctively problem solve so that they create a very clear picture of what they're strong, what they're really good at doing. And then they discover what we call their distinct natural abilities. And we help them to create a paragraph about themselves that says, and this is very rare in a young person who's typically told, hey, listen, this is wrong, circle in red, circle in red, circle in red. Everything is that is they're noting is circled in red, like what they're doing wrong. And in this case, they create a paragraph based upon all that feedback that says, this is what you're really good at doing. This is how you problem solve. This is how you present and solve problems. This is how you deal with others in a very effective way. And so they learn that and they can use that in school, in a job, on a team, and that's very beneficial because then that leads them to create their purpose statement. And we teach them how to uncover their own purpose statement that will guide them for the future. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love that so much. So as an educator myself, I teach full-time in a middle school setting and I have an advisory. And so during our advisory time, a lot of the things that we do is work on setting goals and working on creating systems that help us to achieve those goals. And there are a lot of times when I find I am an eighth grade advisor and I find that eighth graders don't always know what their strengths are, what they're good at. They know what they like to do. They know what they've gotten good grades on, but the grades don't always align with what their strengths are. They may have just happened to be good at test taking, or they may have been really good at completing science labs and things like that. And so looking at specifically what those things are that not only they think they're good at, but what other people who see them all the time can attest mm -hmm. to. I think that's huge having that input from other people. And I love that it comes from multiple places so that there are, there's lots of data to pull from. I think that's huge. Exactly. And, yeah. Because really you want, really you want input. to give the student, you want to give the student as many pieces of information as possible. And some schools try and do it. Um, some schools do an effective job, but you know, we find that on average, there are 424 students per college counselor. And so, you know, even if it's Superman or Superwoman, they can't possibly uh, give the individual self-discovery teachings to, to these students. And in California, where we live, it's on average 900 students per college advisor. That is... So that's crazy. A lot. And, yeah. so and so then we're able to give a child individually what they need in the whole process of looking for and applying to colleges. It's not feasible for one person to be able to do that with such a large group of students. Correct. And some, you know, some schools are using tools like Naviance and so forth. And Naviance is a good tool, but it's basically a content management system. It's not really doing the self-discovery, the deep self-discovery that we've articulated here. It's a complement to, you know, we're a complement to Naviance and vice versa. But what we've done is just in the same way that they invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in me in training and developing me from managing a million dollar business to a hundred million dollar business to a billion dollar business. They kept layering on that knowledge and that 
with Beth's help, what we've done is we've translated that into an online course that allows them to then pick what are their success elements, what are their five-year goal, I mean, excuse me, their lifetime goals, and this is as a team, for health, wealth, wisdom, and relationships. And so they establish their lifetime goals, and you say, how can a team do that? Well, they can, and they've been doing it for 20 years. And uh, after they have all that information, they then say, okay, now what are my five-year goals in light of those aspirational goals? And what are my one-year goals in each one of those? And interestingly enough, what are some bad habits that I have that I need to eliminate? And when you take the student and you have the juxtaposition of, this is what I really wanna do, and what am I doing that's deterring from that? And typically they will say two things. One is too much social media and not enough sleep. <laughs> and there is social media that's good, and there's a lot of social media that really doesn't help. Right. So that's what we found. And so then armed with that, they then determine what, with all that information, what are three core majors that they should pursue? A primary, a secondary, and a third one. And uh, the, the good thing about that is some students freak out when they say, I've got to pick a major. Um, <laughs> and they, not, they, don't want, they don't want to be wrong. And so what this allows them to do is say, hey, let me say that this is going to be my core major, my primary major, and I can have this as a minor. And so what that does is that helps eliminate the need to be switching degrees, which I'll get to in a second. So then you go into the direct phase, which says, how do I create a compelling elevator speech with all this information that I have? They create a one minute memorized talking points document or in their head where they can just press play and say, listen, this is what I'm special. This is what makes me unique. This is how I can really contribute to your school or to this job. And that coupled with a growth mindset really provides a compelling argument for the college admissions advisor to, to listen to the student. And then last but not least, one of the elements of the program before we get to the application essays is that typically when, and your, your children are young, and uh, so you say to, you know, when you have some of the people in your audience who ask your kids, you know, how is school today? And they'll go grunt or they'll say fine or it was OK. You really don't get a lot of feedback. So what we did is we ha have the students create a summary document, which takes all their findings the, through the program and has them share with their parents and their accountability partner, mom and dad. These are my values and this is why they're important. These are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. This is how I add value to others. These are the majors that I'm going to be focusing on. These are my lifetime goals, my five-year goals, my one-year goals, my bad habits. These are the majors I'm going to do and let me share my purpose statement as well as my distinct natural abilities. And I'm also going to um, share with you how I'm going to uh, be successful for the rest of my life. And so that's typically a drop the mic moment when the parents are just absolutely freaked out that their kids did that. Absolutely. And I think that goes back to your point from earlier where we said that we often underestimate what our children are capable of and our teen teenagers especially, I think, so often they're lumped into this stereotype of lazy people who don't want to do anything but sit and scroll and then they're up all night and they can't sleep. And so looking at all of those attributes to a student and looking at the things that they are able to do i think is such an empowering experience for a young person to be able to then 
go after what they're looking for and decide on the schools that they're going to apply to and recognize that they are worthy of applying to those schools. I think a lot of times students will have in their mind, you know, I want to apply to these Ivy League schools or these super elite universities that there's no way I'll ever get into it or there are too many people who apply there and so giving them that sense of confidence ahead of time, that's such a huge deal for that generation, I think for sure. And so we talked about when they go to look at schools and how some of that happens right before their senior year of high school and you're giving them the opportunity to get a head start on that. You mentioned internships and looking for work opportunities that might align with some of the things that they are good at. What are some other early steps that parents can take, especially for parents who either haven't attended college and university themselves or it's been such a long time that the process has changed. What are some of those things that parents might be able to do to help support their child starting from maybe their freshman, sophomore year of high school? Yes, true. The process has changed very much. It's gotten much more competitive. And like this year, there are more people applying to college. Therefore, their acceptance rates are going to be lower because they just can't take all these people. And there are many qualified students who you know, their scores are great, their grades are great, but they can't take everybody. So they kids have to figure a way to stand out, which their essays are part of that. But we recommend getting outside help because the school cannot do it all, as we said. And so test prep help is key for SATs and ACTs because they, they don't really measure how intelligent you are, though, you know, that might help a little. But that what it measures is how well you take their test because they have different strategies to maximize um, your use of time and, and which areas to focus on in order to get that best grade that you can, you know? So I used to teach ACT, SAT, and it makes a big difference in your score. Take a practice one first, but then go get some tutoring or help and it doesn't have to be cost prohibitive. The other thing, uh, get help when you finally do get to the essay part, we, we know, experts know what the admissions officers are looking for in those essays. And that is the thing that can get you across the goal line with them because your grades give you permission to play. Your extracurricular activities also are impressive if you've given a uh, demonstrated interest in certain areas and not just a smattering of activities, but your essay is a thing that can tell them who you are. Um, also, the other area is scholarships and getting help with that because there are so many scholarships that go unawarded that people just don't know about. So that those are ways to help save money. And then of course, the other place to get help is in the self-discovery because college admissions officers are looking for students who know who they are and they can hit the ground running when they arrive on campus. They can make positive con contributions to campus life and the surrounding area, of course, and graduate with honors and reflect well on the university. But that's all from knowing who you are. And it is a rare student who can express who they are to the college admissions officers. I would also add that they're only, you know, after all the schoolwork and all the preparation and so forth, a college admissions advisor only spends uh, about eight to 12 minutes per application to decide yes or no. The admissions officer. Admissions yeah. officer. Yeah. 
which is scary. So you really need to stand out. I've heard that employers will only look at a resume for a matter of seconds before deciding whether to interview a candidate for a position. But I've never heard that about college admissions officers and didn't realize how little time is spent making that decision. Yes, so what do you recommend students do or do not do when they are writing their college admissions essays oh so gosh. that they can stand out? <laughs> yes, they, they definitely need to get help. I have an example. Oh, it just broke my heart because this we had an East Indian student uh, first in her family, I think, to go to college and highly intelligent, highly involved, great grades, excellent community service that she had you know creating podcasts for people in need and things but she didn't want any help with her essay and her they didn't come to me until she was getting rejected uh from a lot of colleges because she was fully qualified to go yes or she was on the wait list and when you get on the wait list of a college that's not a bad thing but you have to then write another essay to say what have you been doing since you first applied to our college And so I asked her if she could just share with me her original personal statement essay that she submitted. And when I read it in the first paragraph, there were grammatical errors because she didn't want help. And I know that's why some of the more selective schools put that down right after the first paragraph, no matter what else she had. So get help, get some other eyes on your essay. You know, I know some kids are fiercely independent and I love that, but gosh, it you don't want to not get into your school because of a grammatical error, right? And parents don't assume that the student school is going to provide all this information because they just can't do it. Yes, that's a big mistake that parents make that they think the school's going to do it all and they just can't do it, right? Definitely. And so what would you say to those parents who are looking for resources like yours? How can they get in contact with you? How can they sign up for your program? How can they look for something similar if it's not in the area? Well, now you're virtual. So anybody can access your program, correct? Exactly. That's true. And we have clients all over the world. Lovely. So how do people find you? Well, they can find Beth at beth at collegeflightplan.com. Yes, email me anytime. Right, or Greg at collegeflightplan.com. Obviously the website uh, is collegeflightplan.com. The telephone number's on there. And uh, for your guests, what we've done is we've put together a document for the parents that is a parent starter kit to teen self-discovery that has a whole bunch of information, about 33 pages of information saying, these are key statistics the parents need to know. And if I can, let me just share this because this is really startling. Only 40% of college graduates graduate in the four years. A full 60%, a full 60% graduate it takes them six years to graduate. And that's because 60% of them are changing majors three times or more. And so if you figure that the average cost of school is between $30,000 and $80,000 a year, and you go for an extra two years, that's an extra sixty dollars to $160,000 of debt or expense that a family needs to pay. Now that's on the best case. If a student goes because they haven't done their self-discovery, and I'll give you one more stated, uh, one more data point, 87% of people 16 to 29 have indicated that they have no purpose or meaning. 87%. And so that that um, you know shows in the numbers that people are changing majors so t- so many times. 
So many people are actually going to college. They're going to one of those Ivy League schools because they think that that's the right thing to do, but it's not a good fit for them. So they drop out after two years and they've got over $100,000 worth of debt. They no longer can pay for the debt and have a lifestyle to live. And so it really is a vicious circle. So that's why we encourage parents to not just go with us, Right now, there's no other program on the planet that does this as comprehensively as we do, but we encourage the students to go do assessments, learn about themselves, mm -hmm. you know, ask their parents and their, uh, their teachers what they think they do well and what they don't do well, uh, how they add value to other folks. You can do it that way too. Um, but the resources that we provide, uh, your students, and, excuse me, your parents can get that by going to collegeflightplan.com slash guide. Perfect. So, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes for them as well. And then I have to ask though, because a lot of my, a lot of my close circle, my friends and family are surrounded by families through either their schools or other programs that they work in, where there are students that are simply unmotivated. What would you say to those families about how to get somebody to start moving in this process? Well, what we found as a result of doing this for 20 years, this is you know not the first time that we've done it. Uh, the, the first reaction by any family, any student, uh, with rare exception is, oh, mom and dad, you're gonna enroll me in, in a course, in a Another program, course something else to, to do. Can't you see that my hair's on fire? I am already <laughs> doing too many things. You know, what are you doing? What our program does is it comes alongside the student wherever they are and it helps them uncover their own story. It doesn't dictate that you should do this because I was a doctor or mom and dad were a lawyer, so you should do this. It basically sits down and walks them through from wherever they are as a sophomore, as a freshman, saying, tell us 10 different stories that impacted you in your life, who or what or what event took place either positively or negatively. And that's the building ground that you begin to provide information for the students. And so it gives them a transformation where they have a sense of clarity, a sense of confidence, and a sense of control over their future. And it's so fun that. to see, to see actually, to, to be in that last meeting with the parents or any time a child is going through this, you know, they might hem and haw, and then they get to the first uh, 360 result from all their trusted advisors. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is great. Whoa, oh, I guess I do do that well. And then then they start to really dig in and they're, they're just transformed. And we said they have a clarity in knowing their values and strengths and weaknesses and purpose. And, and then they have that confidence that, and they can clearly articulate it to employers, to college admissions officers uh, in their essays. And then they have that little sense of control over their futures because now they have actionable plans and goals and they're really jazzed by the time they're finished. <laughs> and we found that this to be very useful in some cultures where there is a very strong patriarch or a matriarch that says, you know, everybody in the family is going to do this and therefore Sue or John, you're going to do this. And the fact is Sue or John would say, you know, I would not be a good doctor, but I'd be a fantastic architect. Let me be an architect and when they're presenting that to their parents the mother or the father will be much more willing to listen and say you have a clearly articulated plan that really does make sense and you've actually been able to clearly explain it to me in this one hour conversation that uh, we haven't had a one hour conversation with you since you were born 
and uh, unless it was a shouting match and you're actually explaining what it is that you want to do so that's that's been really beneficial and and universally when the parents are when we're on because we have it different ways where we can sometimes facilitate that the parents universally say why didn't this exist when i was a kid yes <laughs> right absolutely i'm thinking that right now <laughs> and i feel as i was a first generation college student and i was driven enough that i was going to find the answers there are not many teenagers who have that motivation, that determination that I'm going to find all of the people that I need to find to get these answers. And so having a program like this where they can really find who they are and develop their articulation regarding their strengths, right? Because they're not building strengths. They already have them. It's learning what they are and being able to advocate for themselves and to talk about what they're good at and know where they need to improve a little bit. I think that that's huge. Just giving them that language again, just going back to that, yeah. the word empowering, I feel like just surrounds yes. what you do. And I love that you are available to people who need you. This is huge. Let me leave uh, your audience with one um, series of six, what I call high potential essentials that if you mm -hmm. can inculcate this, if you can teach your son or daughter this, it will transform their life to have them identify what are their values and to live by their values, to number two, do what you say you will do, number three is arrive on time, number four is finish what you start, number five, say please, thank you, and you're welcome in every interaction, and last but not least, be willing to apologize when you're wrong. If you can teach your son or daughter those skills and they put those into practice. Just think if every family applied these uh, six high potential essentials or every business did that on a day in day out basis, how much better we'd all be. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I am so excited that you exist and that I can, I work with a lot of students who are in that middle to high school age range. And so I'm excited to share this resource with those families and with my listeners, and especially those of you out there who've been listening so much to all of my conversations regarding our tiny children. Now we get to finally focus on our teenagers who I feel are so challenging with regard to making those connections with helping to motivate them and so now having a place where they can go to get some of these answers to help their children realize their potential for success I think this is huge so thank you so much well thanks for having us we appreciate you and keep doing what you're doing because all yeah. even though you're helping the littles those littles are future adults and so you're just getting them started earlier that's good definitely thanks so much This episode is over, and yet there's still so much more to talk about. Follow me on Instagram at Raising Legacies Podcast or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Raising Legacies Podcast. Let's keep this conversation going. Share your comments, contribute to the conversation, give me some ideas on things that we need to keep talking about. I hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for joining me.